Kia ora and morena and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Friday the 23rd of July. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. I just wanted to um, take a step back and look at the effects of the Reserve Bank's so-called large-scale asset purchases program, which the rest of the world knows as quantitative easing. This is where the Reserve Bank prints money and then buys government bonds with the aim of lowering longer term interest rates and supporting the economy uh, because it's cheaper to borrow and it pushes up asset prices. This is something that was done in mid-March of last year and was approved by the government and needed the, approvement of, uh, the approval of the government to actually happen. And along with the removal of the loan-to-value ratio restrictions, it was the main reason we saw a massive increase in house prices, about 30% in the year since that decision. And today, Friday the 23rd of July, is the last day of that money printing. You might remember last week the Reserve Bank said that it was going to stop the money printing on July the 23rd, so today is the last day. In fact, uh, we're pretty sure that yesterday was the last day in which the Reserve Bank uh, looked to buy um, uh, bonds, uh, and certainly this week it's it. Uh, interestingly, um, bond yields, i.e. the cost of borrowing for the government, uh, didn't actually increase when the Reserve Bank pulled back from the market, but uh, that's another story. So I wanted to have a look at, now that we've finished the money printing, what was the result? And uh, what, is, what does it mean for our political economy? Because the effect was epic. How much was printed? $53.5 billion, starting in late March of last year and finishing this week. It helped create a wealth effect, which we now can measure, because we got some fresh figures out yesterday from StatsNZ on the impact on household net worth. And what we found was that since March 2020 to the end of March 2021, so the year of COVID, household net worth rose by $402 billion. Now that's almost as much as household net worth grew in the previous four years. Now you may say, well, that's just because they took on a lot of mortgages and the net equity is not that large. Well, actually, uh, only $16 billion worth of household debt was taken on during the year. So uh, actually, the total increase was $417 billion. The net worth increase was $402 billion. That takes total net worth for households to $2.3 trillion. Now that sounds fantastic, and it absolutely is. If you're one of those people or households who were actually owning assets before the beginning of COVID and before the money printing. Because um, before the money started printing, we already had a very unequal society. Uh, the Reserve Bank's own figures show that the top two quintiles of income earners so that's the top 40% of the richest people in the country or richest households, are owned about $2.1 trillion worth of assets. 
And so, of course, because they held the assets, those assets have gone up in value. Now, most of the uh, assets, of course, are real estate assets. And you can see that, according to the StatsNZ numbers, that 54% of that $402 billion increase in net worth came from property, either directly through um, households owning their own home or through owning other homes. Now, the other increase, about $200 billion, is from uh, the rise in the value of other assets. And of course, it's not necessarily people saving extra money or choosing not to spend and save. Mostly, it's just the rise in the value of those assets that had already been saved. Now, of course, a lot of those assets are overseas, and the Reserve Bank's money printing can't be claimed to have pushed those up. No, that was money printing elsewhere, where we've seen 10 trillion dollars printed in the last 15 months since the beginning of COVID and uh, uh, before then uh, in the global financial crisis and after that about further 10 trillion dollars was printed. To give you an idea we're now looking at around about 25 trillion dollars in total that's been printed by central banks in the last 13 years and that is about equivalent to one year's US GDP so it's a very large amount of money which has helped push up asset prices all around the world although to be fair to us and to toot our trumpet uh, our house price appreciation has been greater than anyone else's in the world and therefore the wealth effect on our households who own houses has been greater than anywhere else in the world so what are our experts, the people in charge, Treasury, Reserve Bank, the government, think about this. Did they know it was going to happen? And do they acknowledge what's just happened? We know that about five days before the announcement of the LSAP, the QE or the money printing, Treasury advised Grant Robertson that, quote, LSAPs, so money printing, have many of the same distributional impacts as conventional monetary policy, but can raise asset prices more directly than conventional monetary policy, creating wealth inequality. So the government knew this would happen and did it. Now that it has happened, what are they saying? Astonishingly, and I still can't quite believe it when I read it, the Reserve Bank put out a paper in May this year, so it couldn't really claim to have not seen the results of what it did, put out a paper in May this year that said that it wasn't sure yet whether or not its actions had increased inequality. If you look at what the Reserve Bank's analyst said in that paper, quote, it's not clear that lower interest rates always make wealth or income inequality worse, citing studies overseas. Quote, the overall effect of monetary policy on inequality is indeterminate and depends on the strength of each channel, which may reinforce or offset each other. Got to remember too that the $400 billion increase in the net worth of households is just over 120% of GDP. So our houses earned more than our entire economy did during the year. And in fact, about three times more than households did because uh, not all income goes to households. 
So what that means is um, the wealth effect obviously had a significant, great, significantly greater effect than income because one of the arguments in favour of QE programs is that they obviously stop unemployment and that's exactly what happened here and that unemployment is the worst possible thing for widening inequality and that you have a scarring effect, which is true. But of course for those people who would, would have been unemployed but weren't, they, their asset position is still no different. And in fact, the outlook for their asset position is a lot worse. And to give you an idea how this is starting to play out in our society, if you like, how we're starting to feel about this, um, obviously it's dominated the political debate really, apart from COVID over the last year or so. But there's a fresh survey that came out uh, yesterday from One Choice, a insurance company, a survey conducted by Core Data of 500 New Zealanders, and about 41% of them were under the age of 40 uh, and adults. And what it found was 79% of them now felt locked out of the housing market. 73% felt a growing sense of urgency to buy a home just to get in there because prices always get rising. 71.5% felt they were losing hope about ever owning a home. 88% believed younger people were getting locked out of the housing market. And 83.4% felt the dream of home ownership was no longer attainable. So what does this all mean? Well, currently, not much. The government is still the most popular um, party politically and is not proposing any policies to reverse this massive increase in wealth in the last year. The Reserve Bank, of course, is not planning to uh, um, uh, unprint the money. Uh, can actually do that. Uh, but uh, it certainly expects that its balance sheet, i.e. those bonds, will be there for decades to come. So it's not going to reverse that to money printing and bond buying. Also, the government and the opposition have both said they have no plans to do anything that would deliberately lower house prices. In fact, both of them have said they don't like it when house prices fall. Even if a 30% fall would take house prices back to, to where they were in March last year. Politically, there are no parties in Parliament who have any policies that would change this. But, in, in my view, this shock in our political economy is as great as the political shock that happened in 19... 19 and 1991, when benefits were cut, unemployment went to 11%, government spending was cut, and that eventually led to the almost defeat of the then national government, the removal of Finance Minister Ruth Richardson, and eventually the vote, actually in that 1993 election, which brought in MNP, which started in 1996. How that political impact plays out? Who knows? But there will be a reckoning. And it is an event that we will look back on in years to come is extraordinary, predicted, and happen with very little debate at the time. Obviously, this was at a time of crisis with COVID-19. Now, people would argue, well, what's the What's the counterfactual? What could the Reserve Bank and the government have done differently? Which is a fair question. 
and at the time the Reserve Bank didn't have many tools to play with to do what it needed to do because interest rates had already been cut virtually to naught. In fact, that was the first thing it did, which was cut the official cash rate dramatically uh, in that week uh, in which we locked down. So it had done that. It could have pushed interest rates, particularly short-term interest rates, into negative territory. But unfortunately, our banks weren't ready for that. Their computer systems couldn't handle it. They, of course, think it would have been bad for profits, but they couldn't do it. Now, whether that would have made much of a difference in terms of the housing market, possibly not, given that lower interest rates, in theory, would be passed on in the form of lower mortgage rates. But the extra liquidity that was pumped into the market by the Reserve Bank certainly did have an impact. The banks had a lot more cash around to do lending when they needed to. Secondly, and we forget this, the Reserve Bank also removed all of the LVR restrictions overnight. These restrictions had been in place for nine years and had been very effective at slowing lending growth as, house, how, as interest rates had fallen. They stayed in place pretty much uh, for another seven months. That, in my view, is one of the major reasons the house prices exploded and was not necessary to weaken, uh, to uh, loosen monetary policy. So there's, a, there's an issue. The second one is that the government chose, as well as doing this, to hand over $14 billion in cash to business owners as a wage subsidy to make sure that people weren't sacked and we didn't have a wave of redundancy crash through the economy. That worked. And obviously, having no redundancies is much better than having redundancies. But the end result was that was banked. That cash was banked by businesses. And most of those businesses are at the wealthy end of the spectrum, those business owners. And that money is mostly now in private hands. Some of it was repaid, but much less than a billion dollars. And a good chunk of it went overseas because a lot of those businesses were foreign owned. So when are the young going to understand what has just happened and what it means for them and what they want to do? We'll see. At the moment, there aren't any options that are politically viable for them to express their view or change those policies. Okay, that was a slightly broader and um, deeper dawn chorus for today. Elsewhere in the news, um, keep an eye out at 1.30 for the government's announcement on what it's going to do with the bubble. Looks like it's going to be shut down for the foreseeable future, given what's happened in Australia. Over 120 cases uh, declared in New South Wales yesterday, including dozens that were out and about in the Sydney community for days, spreading the Delta variant uh, before they got their positive test. It seems the Australian, or in particular the Sydney version of a lockdown, is different to what we think of as a lockdown. Our version of the level four lockdown meant staying at home. In Sydney, there seems to be an awful lot of shops that are open and cafes and restaurants that were open. Not anymore. Um, in the last week, they've really hardened their lockdown and shut down, for example, their construction sector. Also overnight, the European Central Bank uh, said it would let inflation run hot and keep printing money for the foreseeable future 
and keep interest rates below zero. And the German 10-year government bond yield, I always love to finish a dawn chorus with the German Bund yield, is now below minus 0.45%. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the dawn chorus, a little bit late this morning, but hopefully useful, at, at just after 10 on the 23rd of July on Friday. Kakite anō.